0: Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, hello, everyone. We are live for another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy, and I'll be your host. I also am one of the founders of Array Digital, where we exist to help law firms fill their uh, case pipeline using digital marketing. So if you need that kind of help, please reach out, tune in, and we will help you out. So today, I'm joined by a special guest out of New York, Michael Romer. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, we originally, if you're tuning into this, you might have seen some of our stuff. Uh, My business partner, Eric Olson, was going to be interviewing Michael uh, but he is a little sick today a little under the weather so I'm stepping in and I'm the better, better host anyway so it's all good but uh, Michael thanks for uh, being a good sport and uh, allowing us to kind of juggle you around a little bit but now appreciate no to you... the
1: pleasures mine
0: yes well we just appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some of your insight uh, so we can learn more about you your journey your firm what makes you unique and different and I'm sure everyone else is as well so without further ado can you tell us? The Michael Romer story. What what made you become an attorney? What was that defining moment? Uh, kind of take us through that and how you got to where you are today. now I
1: really appreciate it. So thanks again for having me. So I am Michael Romer, the managing partner of Romer DeBass in uh, in New York City. But how did I get to that point? So you know when <laughs> I went to college, you know I thought the logical next step was well I need to do something else. You know whether it's law school or or graduate school, and I decided to go to law school. And while in law school, I thought well what am I going to be? Am I going to? Uh, my dad was in the police force, so I thought. About going the, the DA route, criminal law route. I thought about becoming the next Jerry Maguire, you know, going the sports and entertainment route. And you take your internships and you start to get some experience. But you know, ultimately after law school, there's no you know, real story behind it. But I just really fell in love with real estate and the practice of real estate. You know, I never really enjoyed courtroom law, uh, going into court, litigating cases. You know, I, I like to consider myself you know, a lover, not a fighter so much. And, you know, going into court, and I did that for a bit, my first job coming out of law school was a, a landlord tenant litigator. So if you want a job where you're the least popular person in the room, uh, you can represent landlords in l housing court. And I did that for a good nine months and I realized this is not for me. And I shifted to the real estate transactional world. And that's where I've been for the last 20 years. So I found my home. And you know, I was really happy working for law firms, building up my practice, and then ultimately being a business major coming out of college. I always wanted to start something on my own, to start a business, and I had the luxury to have a good friend of mine, Pierre Debas, who's my other half, and we had worked together, and we reached a point where we realized, you know what? Let's just do this together. Let's put a firm together. Two friends. Let's go against the world. And I'll tell you, business just took off. This is uh, 11 years ago and mm-hmm. business took off from day one and we've been off and running ever since. So it's really been uh, a true pleasure, not only to build something, but to do it with a good
0: friend. Yeah, that's, a, that's excellent. And uh, thanks for, for sharing kind of how you got to where you are. And uh, it's I think it's interesting to just kind of hear the different stories and how people got to where they are, but it always seems to start with experiences that lead per, you know, attorneys to where they end up and, and for anyone. Um, you you get into one thing and you go work at a firm or intern and typically what I hear is people find out what they don't like. <laughs> yeah, sure. They, they kind of figure that out real quickly and it sounds like you did too. And I think it's great having a partner like that. I have a business partner, Eric, who was uh, is the host of the show and similar things. So, you know, me and him owned our own businesses but uh, we eventually started working together and founded this company together. When we had our own businesses beforehand, uh, but it just made sense and uh, having a partner it makes it a lot easier sometimes, especially when you need to be on leave or if you're sick. Like he's sick today, he's out. You know, I'm taking over a lot of things for him, so uh, it just makes things a lot, a lot easier to handle. Um, sure does. Man. So, give us a little more information on uh, the makeup the of your firm. What you really specialize in, the different areas that you do cover. Uh, what your maybe your partner does versus what you focus on, and right. kind of also how many folks you have in the firm uh, apart from your partner. Well, we started back
1: in 2011 as a two attorney firm, and now we're 22 attorneys. We're based in in Midtown Manhattan, and the vision of the firm was to be a full-service real estate firm, handling everything from transactions to litigation, and then all the offshoot practice areas, you know, such as you know, trust and estates, uh, lender representation, corporate work. And we really wanted to become a, a one-stop shop for folks looking to either buy homes or to invest in real estate. And as the firm grew, uh, it went from two attorneys, then to seven, then fourteen, then up to twenty-two. And that's really where we're sitting now. We have uh, 11 part we're eleven partners. Uh, we just named a, our latest partner yesterday. So I'm proud to announce that we're, our partnership room is 30% female at this point. Nice. And we've really worked to try and diversify the firm too. So we're at about 40 people all in all with partners, associates, and staff. It's really been exciting to build this team. Now you have some swings and misses over the years, but to build the team that we have now, I couldn't be more proud uh, than where I am today. That's excellent congrats
0: on the success, you. you know, where you're at is pretty strong and, and that you've you've stayed true to, you know, folks on real estate practice area that may support that. And I think, you know, with states, trust and estates and all that stuff, it kind of goes hand in hand, I believe, as far as, you know, especially for investors and things like that. I'm trying to get more into real estate myself um, personally. And, um, you know, it's it's something I I read up a lot on and I'm always learning about and trying to navigate my way through it. Um,
1: Kevin, I'm one of the biggest proponents of, of real estate for investment purposes. You know, working in midtown Manhattan, when you talk about the value of real estate over time, there really is no better example than looking at New York real estate to see it appreciate over time. And to be able to help people either buy homes or buy office buildings, it can be fun. It really can. It is a high pressure, high speed, high volume environment. You need to be able to move quickly, get deals done, tons of money involved, but you know, it's exciting and stressful at the same time.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you got to show up and be excited about what you're doing and you can't always be comfortable in in our business. You got to be a little out of your comfort zone. Things have to be, you know, sometimes you know, navigate through them and you have a challenge, right? So it's true. yeah, real estate uh, brings all those things, especially this market this year. I mean, I know for a commercial, might've been a little bit different, but uh, for the residential market it was just insane. <laughs> I'm gonna give you
1: an example and these numbers might blow your mind. Okay. So obviously the housing market in New York city, the prices are very high in terms of you know, what properties cost. But in the first 11 months of 2021, we closed over 1 billion of residential sales in New York City and and the numbers are astounding and we do work all throughout the country but just in that one aspect in our residential department to surpass that one billion mark on the commercial side we've got a a full commercial real estate department the amount of transactions the value of commercial transactions obviously uh, not as high for obvious reasons in the city but the commercial lending practice uh, where banks are lending on these properties has probably been one of our most practice areas so those oh. two the re- residential and commercial lending are really our two core areas at this point
0: excellent okay well that's that's some that's some big numbers right there. That's insane. Um, yeah, it's just the, the market's been just crazy. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll talk more about your firm too in a second and some of the things you do uh, to get clients and things like that. But, um, you know, what do you see coming down, Probably, I guess, as far as a, a shift in the market? Is there going to be a kind of, you know, interest rates? I know they're, they're going up. What do you kind of see from the residential side of things, as far as you know, the next year might hold for us.
1: Well, the answer to that question always depends upon the you know the market itself, you know, what area. But I think we're going to see more of the same for a period of time. You have to watch the interest rates. Then the interest rates they have to go up at some point in time. But yeah. for the most part, we're expecting the interest rates to stay relatively the same over the course of the next year. You might see some slight increases uh, now going into you know two thousand twenty-three and beyond. Obviously, the rates are going to go. But for the next year, we're anticipating more of the same, more activity, more volume. And in a market like ours, which is often heavily reliant on non-U.S. money, that $1 billion I was just talking about, that was 98% domestic money. So the foreign money hasn't even come back yet. So we're anticipating that money coming in in 2022 and a very busy
0: year. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the insight on that. And uh, well, let's just keep an eye on it. Let's <laughs> hope. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to law firm. You've had some great success. You've had some great growth. You started your firm with your partner. It sounds like you had good growth right out the door and, and were busy. Uh, what are some of the things that you have done uh, from an outbound and marketing standpoint that has worked well for you to get clients?
1: Well, for us, look, we were two very motivated and, and hungry guys at the time. And we were pounding the pace, you know, in-person meetings, you know, uh, cocktail parties, you know, lunch meetings, whatever we needed to do to get out there and just to build. And over the course of time that started to pay dividends more and more and more and more, and we were doing a lot of that. And then we were getting into the media, getting quoted in real estate, me writing articles, and we were doing all of this ourselves. And as business grew, we were realizing, hold on, there's only so much we can do. And for about the first eight years. Of the firm, we were doing all of our marketing ourselves. Uh, we were dealing with reporters directly, you know, and we're talking about getting quoted in the likes of the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and all these various media publications. The NASDAQ. And I then, saw you guys on there. Yep. And you know, my partner is regularly on TV these days in terms of you know Bloomberg and Fox News and, and places like that, which is all great, but we we realized at some point in time that we needed somebody to help us with marketing. So we did outsource and bring in PR public relations specialists to really help us with all of our media needs, events like this, you know, setting up our TV appearances and quotes in the papers. And we realized there's a limit to how much we can do. And for a control freak like myself, we realized it was time to let go and let the professionals take over. And I will tell you, it is paid dividends. Uh, and awesome. uh, our PR team
0: is uh, is top notch. That's awesome. Yeah. At some point, you, know, you can only do so much and then it kind of takes the back burner sometimes if you're busy. So you know, uh, I think that's a good way to go. Now they
1: they've helped a great deal, but it was a lot of pounding the pavement, a lot of in-person meetings. But hey, you know, fast forward to where we are now in terms of the marketing that we did then versus the marketing that we're doing now. I mean, look at what we're doing today. Yeah, you know, okay. the, the the virtual marketing uh, has really paid huge dividends. And there's one big thing I want to talk about. In addition to being the managing partner of a real estate law firm in the city, what we did when really COVID hit, and in Manhattan, and New York City, and then throughout. The country, obviously, but in our particular market, it was pretty dire times for a few months. Yeah, there was a lot of fear in terms of not being able to see people in person. And as a law firm, well, how do we operate? How do yeah. we get in front of people if we're not going to brokerage houses and banks and having these in person meetings? So, what we actually did is we actually created another business. Uh, it's called the New York Real Estate Center. And the New York Real Estate Center is an online real estate education and information platform. And to become or to continue to be a real estate agent or broker in New York. You need to take continuing education classes. So what we actually did is we filmed all the required class that agents and brokers would need. During the pandemic, we were having Zoom classes three, four times a week, and we probably gave out some 15,000 certificates to real estate agents and brokers in the New York area. And I'll tell you, after we did all of that, our exposure and our referral sources tripled over the course of doing that. And we were doing these from our homes, wherever we could. And look, the video quality wasn't the best because we're doing it from our homes and we're doing it from wherever we could actually get set up with a computer and a microphone. But I'll, I'll tell you, the virtual marketing, and I know you're a big proponent of this too, has really change the game for us.
0: That's excellent. Really cool. So everyone, if you're watching, tuning in, the website address is below on my screen. That's nyrecenter.com. Mm-hmm. nyrecenter.com if you're listening on your podcast, go check that out. So I just went ahead and Google it while you were saying it. So really cool stuff. So so you basically how long did it take you to like kind of come up with this the and then put this out and, and get it out there?
1: Well, the thought was pre-existing. We were already planning on creating this, but we had to change the way we did it. Initially, we were going to rent studios or to rent halls and have these big live in-person classes, interactive format, it. because we've been teaching and doing presentations for a long time, for the last 10 plus years. But we had this idea, well, why don't we start filming these classes? And to so that somebody can take their continuing education class on their phone or their laptop or whatever the case may be. And also to get the benefit of those in-person presentations. But then we realized, hold on a second. Now we've got a, we actually had a hall booked. We'd rented, you know, three, four days of space and we were going to have this big event. And then we had to put the brakes on everything. And what we did is, you know, we had to call on audible. We actually did it all by Zoom. We touched more people doing it by Zoom and the virtual way than we ever would have touched with the in-person presentations. And the numbers were established. I mean, it was somewhere in area fifteen thousand certificates, you know, wow. over the course of several months. But people thought we were crazy when we did this. <laughs> people thought, well, how you know? That's how you know you're on something. Why are you guys wasting your time? You know, doing virtual presentations. Nobody's watching. Nobody's going to pay attention. You need to focus on your business. You need to focus on you know the deals that are happening. How are they going to close? We were doing all that, but we also knew. Hold on. Let's think. At some point, this pandemic, you know has to end obviously things have gotten better but during the height of it we had to look beyond it and say okay business will resume at some point if we do this hopefully we'll have more of it at the end of the day and thankfully that turned out to be the case and we proved our naysayers wrong
0: yeah no i think it's a great um great time on your part and i think i think business has changed forever to some degree where this will be way more normal people are going to go probably hybrid more than not uh for office you know for the companies and people Law firms in general and the courts and all the other stuff has taken a leap forward as far as the technology and they were forced to do a lot of things. Uh, sooner than later, yeah. You know, I think things are definitely changed. I think systems like that and platforms like that will uh, will be more popular going forward. So,
1: and Kevin, I'm glad you brought that up because the as a managing partner, we had to change the way we think. We had to change the way that we operate on the fly. Now, uh, you know, my partner and I were old school. You know, uh, you know, come into the office. You know, we need to see you. Like, you know, we need to see the work. We need to see the billable hours. You know, I used to joke that working from home was working from home, and I had to realize <laughs> you're that, not really working. <laughs> right, and I had to realize that we had attorneys uh, for instance you know the, our litigators a lot of court conferences were being done virtually but the attorneys let's say working from home were actually billing more hours from their house than they were from coming into the city and you look at that from a business model and you realize hold on there has to be a balance here and i am not a proponent of full virtual full remote you know long term as a business model but i've come to realize that there's a beauty in being in the middle and coming up with a hybrid where you could actually Actually, allow your employees to work remotely a couple days, to come into the office a couple days, and we've really seen the benefits of that, especially at the partner level, where partners can be remote a couple days a week and come into the office a couple days a week. But nothing beats the in-person connection for lawyers. We had one lawyer that during the pandemic converted his garage into an office, decided to just start his own firm because he felt he didn't need the firm affiliation anymore. Now I understand and I respect that, but that. that's That's the downside of the working remotely concept. It's hard to keep people. It's hard to keep people motivated, but from our standpoint, we've really come to appreciate the beauty of the hybrid.
0: Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of ArrayLaw. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. we're in the same place. I'm at home today. And, you know, I have a handful of people local. We have a physical office um, building, but I do have employees around the country. Uh, we do our best to do virtual meetings every single morning, daily huddles with the team all together uh, so they can see each other. And some people will never be in that case for our company, but we have four people that we want in leadership, some top level people. There's things that we do strategy wise that, you know, having the offices, it's just part of our culture. It's part of how we got to where we are, but at the same time, understanding that some people won't be able to. Um, and that's okay. If someone needs to work from home, that's okay. Just have the setup. Make sure we we purchase things that they need at home to have an area to work. And yeah, if you look at me, like I drive to my office. It takes thirty minutes. It takes thirty minutes back. That's an hour. Then you you have distractions sometimes in the office. So there's there's some pros and cons. So we're definitely in the hybrid model for now, and uh, that's where I see. It. I've heard a lot of firms for the most part are doing either full virtual or hybrid. There's a few that just never stopped leaving the, they never left the office at all. <laughs> uh, so. yeah,
1: I've been going in since June 2020. You know, New York City was a ghost town at that point in time, but you know, yeah. look, it, it's my company, it's my business. Yeah. I just you know, I needed neither. to get there. I needed <laughs> to see it. And to work to talk about the remote aspect, think about the office space. We rent 11,000 square feet in Midtown Manhattan. This is very expensive real estate. How do you justify that? You know, you need to justify that expense. And the only way to do that is to get
0: people to come back to work. Yeah. Or, you know, have to get rid of some of the, the footprint and have enough to, you know, support that hybrid model. And that's the other thing. We, we have uh, offices, built. we did a new build out in our office. You know, we surveyed the whole team. Who wants to come in? Who doesn't want to come in? And then those that wanted to stay at home, we allowed. And we built some new offices out just for the folks that are coming in. We have an open co-working space, if you will. Uh, for our employees. So if they come in the town for the ones remote or if they're local and they want to just come in for a day or two, there's plenty of desks they can go sit at and uh, they just don't have a dedicated space. And one
1: piece of advice I can give on that front, and we've really seen the benefits of this, is to have social events and to actually have safe social events where people can come in and do fun things and to actually hang out with their coworkers. Last night, we named a new partner yesterday. Our 11 partners went out to dinner and it was just... It was a great time. Yeah, you know, we took the whole firm to a nice cool observation deck that opened in Midtown Manhattan a couple of weeks ago. And we're trying to do these social events to A, keep people connected, to come up with more glue that gets them to stick to our company, that gets them to feel like they're part of something because that's ultimately what we're about. You know, we could be the best law firm in the world, but if somebody's not happy coming to work, it's going to be really hard
0: to keep people. hundred percent. Tomorrow, I, so I have all my management team flying in tonight. Again, in Florida, Michigan, I got uh, Nashville. So we have some team all over, but uh, they're flying in tonight. Tomorrow we're having a manager's retreat nice. all day. And then tomorrow night, my whole team and spouses fly in and we have our holiday party Saturday. So we have Saturday and Saturday night. We also try to do that in the, in the summertime. We have a Founders Club if you make that Me and my partner take those employees a trip. So, yeah, we're we're trying to do the same thing, trying to get people together. I do some happy hours, virtual happy hours. Uh, We have virtual company lunch every uh, Thursday. So anyone can tune in and jump on and eat lunch together. So, yeah, same thing. We're trying to do as much of that as we can. I don't want anyone siloed or thinking they're off on their own um, and not get any collaboration from the team. But, yeah, so little more challenge, a little bit different tactics. You got to go. But it sounds like you're doing a good job at, at navigating it. Yeah, it's it's adapt or die. You have to change to the new way of doing things. Yeah, love it. Awesome. Okay, well, next question, and then... We'll wrap it up here. What what's the outlook for your firm? What's some of the growth plans maybe in the next couple of years? I know COVID's starting to wrench in a lot of people's plans for you know exactly what may happen, but uh, what are some of the things that you have on your mind as far as you know where you see the firm going from a, a growth standpoint? Well, the firm has certainly grown over the
1: years. We're really happy with where we are, but we do see the firm continuing to grow. We actually just recruited a, a well known partner from a much larger firm who'll be joining us in the next couple of weeks. And you know we're still in growth mode but we're looking to grow with people who see the world as we do you know people that we like to consider are good people you know we try and stick to this no jerk policy no matter how much business somebody has so we are still in growth mode and we're doing it with an eye on diversity too. It's become very important to us. You know, I had a friend of mine that visited one of our partners meetings a few years back and she looked around the room and said, guys, you, you've got a problem. And first <laughs> and foremost, you, you're, you're missing women. And then you really need to work on diversity. And that's been something that has been very important to us. I mean, my business partner, my other half actually happens to be Egyptian. And the uh, diversity aspect of the firm has always been something that's important to us. But we now have a concerted effort to really look at our office, look at our boardroom, look at everybody within the walls of our our firm and keep that eye on diversity. And you know now I'm happy to say that about 30% of our partners are Uh, Are the female? Our female. Our diversity numbers are probably in the area of fifty percent. So as we grow, we're trying to keep an eye on on growing the right way, and so far, so good on that front. So we're looking for more of the same. I anticipate another three or four hires, attorney wise, coming in the next six months, and we have no plans on stopping anytime soon. Love it. If it's working, let
0: it keep going. Um, You know, slow and steady growth is is good, and uh, yeah, good on the diversity side of things. we also too are in a good spot for that, and uh, we're happy to report that. But also, I had recently I invited James Lewis, James Alexander Lewis V. He's actually with the New York City Bar, and he's the uh, executive director of diversity and inclusion for the City New York City Bar. Uh, really awesome guy. Um, his interview was just a few weeks ago, so I'm not sure if it's actually out on the podcast yet. But a great guy to connect with. you're part of the New York City Bar, uh, James Lewis. He's part of the of that. That's his, his whole effort. They have all kinds of different programs and training and stuff to help other firms, you know, with diversity. And uh, so again, just a great guest, great guy. And he's worth reaching out, to, you know, reach out to him and, and connect with him. But um, but kudos on that. Uh, everyone, if you're take uh, tuning in, listen, uh, listening, Michael's website address is below. So you got RomerDeBas.com. uh. .com. So if you're listening, romerdebba dot com. Go ahead and check out their website, see what they're all about, connect with them. Obviously, if you have any real estate needs, um, I'm sure they're happy to help. Uh, Michael, is there another way that people can reach out and connect with you personally if they... Want to check that? Well, you can find us on all social media
1: platforms, uh, you know, LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, Facebook. For me personally, you can look me up, Michael Romer, on LinkedIn. Uh, use the J, easier to find me, and you'll find me there. My email is mromer at or you can call us at the office at 212 888 3100. And I look forward to hearing from any of you. From a law firm standpoint, we're always looking for quality talent, and we're always looking for people that are looking to grow and, and hopefully become a part of us and grow. In a friendly culture. Excellent. Yeah. Anyone
0: listening, uh, young attorneys or law students um, who we're trying to make sure we get out to as well, um, check them out. It looks like a great firm, great culture, great place to work. And Michael's looking for good people. So, so Michael, thanks so much again for joining me today. Uh, Thank you. To check out his episode, it'll be up soon on our website arraylaw.com forward slash podcast. And it'll also be available on every single platform uh, for podcasting. It'll be up on my LinkedIn and and Facebook as well soon. Keep an eye out for that. We'll also be sharing a lot of this content, micro content information, Michael, that we'll share with you as well. You and your firm can tag and share. And so look for that soon, as well as the Nancy Partners newsletter, which goes out every week. Uh, We'll feature uh, guests in that episode as well. I mean, in that newsletter. And so look out for that in your inbox if you're interested in sign up for that newsletter you can go to our website and sign up for it Uh, if you need any help with marketing growing your firm getting the word out about how awesome your firm is that's what we do Uh, we can help you get on Google social media and we help with websites as well so Michael anything else you'd like to share before we go no just a big thank you to you and the team for having me today and uh, it was my pleasure no uh, my pleasure and I appreciate you sharing today hope everyone learned a lot Uh, Michael had a lot of great things to share about how you run a company how you run a law firm build great culture uh, how he's dealing with COVID and hybrid models so a lot of great things diverse Back this up, listen to it again, and uh, reach out to Michael if you need any help. We good? Everyone, thank you so much, Michael. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.